0: Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. Why don't you take your Bibles and meet me today in Mark chapter 10, and let's talk about what do you want Jesus to do for you? Praise the Lord. Let's open up today in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we go into your Word, we ask for the quickening power of your Holy Spirit to come right now, and illuminate the scriptures, and open the eyes of our understanding. Father, we give you all the praise. We thank you for the work of your Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all agree around the world, and say, Amen. Now, Mark chapter 10, verse 46, we have the story of blind Bartimaeus. I'm not going to go in, in detail over the entire story, because I've covered it many times, which is fine, Um I think there's a point from a minister's perspective that there are some subjects, you don't really begin to mine the gold out of them until you've taught them many, many times. Um, The book, Acres of Diamonds, was actually written by a Baptist pastor. He was used by the Lord to raise up Temple University, and he taught on that subject of prosperity many times. He actually preached that particular message about prosperity tied into that book called Acres of Diamonds, he preached that one topic over 3,000 times. And so it's good to stick with the basics, stick with the area of anointing that God has assigned you with. And one of my mandates from the Lord is to teach on the subject of faith. Of course, it's not the only subject that I teach on. I like to cover The full counsel of God and pour that into your spirit. And at the same time, I stay in the areas of my strength. And that would be faith and close walk with God. Praise the Lord, the deeper things of the spirit. So, my friends, you need to understand faith because without a good knowledge, a good, and I'm talking about a working knowledge. Of God's Word concerning faith, you're going to struggle in your Christian walk. So you need to know these basics. You need to know how to operate and use your faith so that you can uh, not just gain Heaven, because your your faith has already accessed Heaven for you, faith and grace combined together. But you need to tap into all of the other blessings of God as well. That's what we're talking about today. So Mark chapter 10 Let's just go through verse 46 and move down to the meat and potatoes of what I want to get to today. Now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples in a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. So he's sitting there blind, but he hears something about A man that many are calling uh, or identifying this man as being the Messiah. So faith comes by hearing. He heard something about Jesus. What do you think he heard? Most likely he heard that this guy is a miracle worker and that even blind people have been healed. So you know blind Bartimaeus was just uh, instantly charged with faith as he heard these various stories, and particularly about the anointing of God, the power of God that's on this man, so he knows it's time for him to get a miracle. It says, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began the crowd and say, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Now, you have to understand that the Bible is written in a Jewish Hebraic culture and setting. And so for the Jews of that day, for somebody to cry out and attribute the title of Son of David to a person, meant that that person is saying, hey, I'm identifying and calling you as the Messiah. And so when we hear Son of David maybe we don't make that immediate connection but 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 for all of the Jews there in in town and in that crowd when they heard Bartimaeus say that they knew exactly what he meant they knew that he's saying that Jesus is the Messiah the promised one that was to come well that's him right there and not only did Bartimaeus knew what that statement meant because he's Jewish and not only did the crowd know What that meant, but also Jesus. He knew what that meant. He knew that this man has faith in Him in more than just that of a healer, more than just that of a prophet, but he actually believes that He is the Messiah. And that caught the Lord's attention. Verse 48, Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. Verse 50 is a, a key verse to understanding the entire miracle. Uh, really, verse 50 is the linchpin that holds the whole miracle testimony together. That and one other verse which we'll get to in just a moment. But if you skip verse 50 it won't make any sense. And you not only have to read verse 50 you have to understand it in the culture and the context of what was going on. And throwing aside his garment he rose and came to Jesus. The garment that he threw away was known in his day and time as a beggar garment. And you could not sit there and beg and you know ask for alms and ask for money without that garment that garment was a license to beg it gave you official permission to sit there because if you weren't if you weren't blind or you weren't severely handicapped you couldn't do that they would tell you to get up go to work get a job so the fact that he's sitting there he's validated with a handicapped position he is given an official garment that gives him the ability to beg and gives Gives a door into the hearts of the people so that when they see that garment they realize we have to do something to help him he is entirely dependent upon our generosity our kindness our love or because he can't he can't survive on his own so he threw that garment away before not after he got prayed for but before he ever went to Jesus he throws it away so that that's a major major step of faith And just in a nutshell, without going into detail, because I want to bring out some other nuggets today, just in a nutshell, there is a point, and it's only between you and God you and the Holy Spirit working with you uh, he'll let you know when it is and he's the only one not a preacher not a not not a family member not a friend nobody else can tell you when to throw that garment away except for God that's a place in your heart you know my faith is at that level I'm getting my miracle right now and I'm not going to need this garment anymore so and until you're at that place keep the garment keep taking the medicine that's prescribed by the doctor keep wearing your glasses keep doing your the things that you need to do in the natural to function until the miracle manifests, and then when the miracle is there, or you're up to that point when you know this is the stepping off point I don't need the garment anymore then you can let it go but that really has to be between you and the Lord that's also a point of maturity of faith also a point of wisdom because after all Jesus drew massive crowds and when you throw that garment away there's no way you're going to find it later after 20 or 30,000 people leave you'll you'll never find it somebody will pick it up and grab it or you know a street sweepers going to throw it in the trash or something like that there's no telling but all, all he knows is that I'm not going Need it anymore. He'll probably never, saw, he actually probably never saw it again. He's going to get his eyesight. So he probably never even saw it later. It's irrelevant. It's gone. He's moving on past that. And we all have these journeys, these walks with the Lord where you get to that place where you step off. I remember the day, uh, it was actually early in the morning, the Holy Spirit told me to give my two week notice at my job and the holy spirit said you're going in the full time ministry so give your two week notice and wow i mean uh it, it was really a stepping off point was it scary it wasn't scary but it it was brand new to me and you know uh the faith was there to make that step and of course when god tells you to make that step he'll always support you that's the thing that we have to remember uh so uh I had grown to a place where I was comfortable stepping off. I'd already been preaching on Sundays and you know and stuff like that for years already before I stepped into the ministry full time. So I was ready just to move on over into that. Uh it's just like when Jesus talking with Peter. They're having that discussion. Jesus is out on the water. Peter's in the boat. And Peter says, Lord, if that's you, uh, you know, bid me that I come out to you and join you out there. And the Lord says, the Lord says, come. So based on the word come, he was able to get out of the boat and walk on the water. And sometimes people say, well, it was the miracle power of God that held Peter up. And that's true. But also, if you look at it, you know, if you really examine it, it was the word come. And, and Peter stepped out on that word and that word held him up because if Jesus said no uh, Peter don't do it you're not ready and Peter would have came out anyhow he would have sunk immediately so he came out and he walked on the water he was actually walking on that word where Jesus gave him permission to come so if he gives you that permission he says step out now you can go on his word if you go on your own uh, it could prove to be embarrassing it could prove to be costly uh, and that's just something that you have to that's why it's very important to walk close with the Lord because you you can discern between what's truly of the Lord and just what's soulish or maybe what you want or maybe what you're desiring uh, but yet it's not time uh, you know so uh, the Holy Spirit will help sort all of that out but you need to walk close with the Lord so you can really discern that clear directive of God so he throws aside his garment he's, he knows he's done he's ready for the miracle that's going to happen now and of course it did so that's very important to understand that by the way here in the states now, uh, you'll actually see uh, see people wearing beggar's garments. In certain uh, areas of the city where there's a lot of poverty where there's a lot of begging and what what had happened over the years is that, is that some of these cities they realized you know we got people out begging in the streets and they're, they're getting like run over or killed just because you know the drivers can't see them so let's at least give the beggars a garment that's like a reflective garment you know like with a neon yellow or neon orange that way if they're out there begging at least they don't get hit by a car and run over so they actually today in a lot of cities have what would be called beggars garments and uh, uh, that's something that you know they did to save lives and also basically said hey yeah we'll we'll give them permission to do that they're having some hard times and so you know uh, various cities have different rules and regulations regarding that but the beggars garment is something that hasn't gone away it's been been around in other nations but actually you can even see it today in various states. And I've actually seen them wear it, uh, it even in, a, in actually one particular city I'm thinking of here in North Carolina. Me and my wife were traveling through, and some of the beggars actually had nice beggar's garments that were provided by the city. Well, praise the Lord. So we see that this is certainly something that fit the historical context and still can take place today. Now, verse 51 is quite fascinating, and I, I'm not over-exaggerating. There have been entire conferences with brilliant minds, brilliant thinkers, great theologians that have gathered together in very, uh, you know, well-coordinated conferences with, you know, hundreds in attendance and PhDs and, you know, and, and brilliant minds all gathering together to try to unravel what in the world does verse 51 mean? And, you know, when you look at it from a spirit-filled perspective, you, you almost kind of laugh because it's so simple. It's not that, it's not, it's not that complex. Remember, Jesus is ministering uh, and talking to people that don't have, you know, uh, PhDs in physics or quantum physics or, you know, mechanical engineering or things like that, or brain surgeons. He's talking to, you know, farmers. And you know, people that are raising potatoes and you know corn and wheat and stuff like that, and just trying to get their donkeys fed. So he he keeps it simple. And anytime you're you're overdoing something, uh, you're you're messing something up. Just stick with the basic application, and then it'll work for you. It shouldn't be something like where we have a moonshot program going on. No, keep it simple. So verse fifty one says. So Jesus answered and said to him, "What do you want me to do for you?" And the reason that. Theologians debate this, and uh, you know, philosophers examine this, and you know, scholars that they go over it, trying to figure it out. It's because it doesn't make sense to the intellectual mind. But you have to understand something very important about God, uh, and we're going to get to that in just a moment. Jesus answered and said to him, "What do you want me to do for you?" The blind man said to him, "Rabboni, that I may receive my sight." Then Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. It sounds so smooth, it sounds so easy. And immediately he received his sight and follows Jesus along the road. Wow, he's got his miracle. A guy that was totally blind, walking around now with perfect vision, having a wonderful day, just smooth and simple and easy, got a miracle. But there's some Key components. There's really four of them that, if you look at them, uh, they're very, very powerful, and it's what's making this whole thing come together. So let's take a look at them today. Number one is let me let me say it like this: When Jesus asks you, "What do you want me to do for you?" then you need to know these four simple, but really they're quite profound truths. Now I I know to a religious person now when I say religious person I'm talking about somebody who say but who gets a little bit uh, huffy puffy that you know they uh, they they get religious they're very they're very defensive of their maybe denominational doctrines they're very they're very proud to fly the banner of their denomination and they're very religious but sometimes you can be really religious and just on basic truths be totally clueless you can be very you know adamant of a uh, i'm a defender uh, of biblical truths and and still some of the easiest most simple biblical truths uh you can't you can't even pick them up so i think i think my friends that that we need to walk in humility we need to realize there, that there are new things that we could learn, even if we've been in the faith for decades. We need to understand that the gospel is simple. We need to keep it simple and humble ourselves so that these truths can t- come into our heart and so that we can have results praise the Lord. Not just good talks, not just good theories, but we can actually have evidence and proof and results in our life so that we can tell others, hey, look, I know it works. It's working in my life. Let's talk about it so that we can get you equipped, get you activated, and get you flowing in God's power and receiving God's blessings in your life as well. Number one, faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Well, Pastor Stephen, I'm still having a little bit of a problem with that statement where you say, uh, you know, what is it that you want Jesus to do for you? Well, I mean, Jesus said that. Don't don't forget, he he told Bartimaeus, hey, what is it you want me to do for you? Okay, so Jesus hasn't changed you really need to approach Jesus as a friend. Yes, I know He's God, the second person of the Godhead deity. I know that He's a a part of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I know that He's the great Potentate, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I know He's all of that. But you also have to understand that He's your friend, He's your Savior, and He loves you, and He wants to be a blessing to you. So uh, skip past all the religiosity that puts God way out there at the distant ends of the galaxy, and you're over here by yourself struggling struggling through life just trying to figure out how to get to Heaven. No, my friends, embrace Jesus as your Savior and Lord, but also as your friend. Okay, so He wants to do something big for you. Okay, so in order to see that happen, number one, faith begins where the will of God is known. Okay, let me say it one more time. Faith begins where the will of God is known. For example, let's take the context here. The context here is healing. It, it's a miracle of healing involving a blind man who is wanting to receive new eyesight. Now, under the Old Covenant, it was quite clear that God had a healing covenant with the Jewish people, and He revealed His name to the people of Israel as Jehovah Rapha, I am the Lord God who is your healer. Wow. And he even told them in the book of Exodus that I'll take away, I'll take away sickness and disease out of your midst. Woohoo! That's powerful. So under the old covenant, healing was included. The new covenant is even better because we get all of those things rolled into the new one, plus forgiveness of sins, eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, and you know, you also have that healing included as well in the new the new covenant. And oh, just so much more. But here in context faith begins where the will of God is known. So Bartimaeus knew that it was God's will for him to be healed. There was nobody in that audience who was going to talk him out of it. Matter of fact, they're all Jewish, the majority of them. And they all knew that healing is a part of the covenant. Now, they weren't seeing much healing manifested because of a... Uh, an absence, a vacancy, uh, really a vacuum of the anointing and the power of God. It's been real dry, been real dry in Jerusalem and in Israel for a long time since the close of the book of Malachi, and uh, just, you know, not much going on at all. So now you have a man anointed by the Spirit of God without measure, walking in great and mighty power. And so now people are getting miracles and healings are taking place. So you have to understand that if you want to receive healing you have to believe that God is a healer you have to believe that Jesus wants to heal you because there's a lot of Christians I'm not talking about unbelievers let's totally skip the unbelievers there are a lot of Christians and a lot of denominations that are hard line I mean not they're not neutral or soft they are hard line God does not heal today oh they have a little reservation over here on the side unless unless maybe it is great mysterious will that he might just choose to heal one for some bizarre example beyond our understanding he might just choose to heal somebody but if he does we don't know why and we could never expect him to do it again and there are some denominations I know that sounds silly and I I, maybe I'm being over dramatic but I but in but the truth is there are some denominations that is their doctrinal belief that God does not do miracles today God does not heal today unless for some bizarre unexplainable reason that would upset our doctrine he just chooses to do it for somebody but don't expect him to ever do it again and um, that's just absolute hogwash that's total baloney that's that's religion gone wild that's that's men that Have made up their own doctrine to suit their failure to line their lives up with the Word of God, and they've got a bunch of baloney, and it's not true. And it's not, and I I know maybe I'm kicking over or kicking on sacred cows. And look, if they want to hold on to their sacred cows, Pastor Stephen, I'm not going to believe in healing until I go home to be with the Lord. Well, stay sick. I'm not. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm, I'm not trying to be mean or harsh. But I'm just saying it's wrong. It's a wrong teaching. Jesus is your healer. Woo. Praise the Lord. And faith begins where the will of God is known. And if you don't know that, you're going to have a lot of roadblocks up for your healing because the devil will come and say it's not God's will to be uh, for you to be healed or he the devil will say well maybe it was God's will to heal that person as some kind of rare exemption but it's not it's not his will to hear you uh, to heal you and so you'll you'll just have to you'll have a plethora of excuses thrown at you that if that if you don't know the word and you need to know the word that it is God's will to heal and it is God's will to heal you praise the lord and so that's where your faith must begin at faith begins at uh, understanding what the will of God is, and where that will of God is known, then you can take off, and you can launch from there. So blind Bartimaeus doesn't have any problem with this. He believes God's a healer, and that now there's a man that's got the anointing to do it, to release the healing power. So he's in, he's in on it. Hallelujah. So my friends, if um, if you're surrounded by critics of divine healing, then you're going to have a real hard time receiving your miracle. And uh, you know, if if people want to stay in that camp of unbelief, and you know, no more miracles for the day, or you know, what's called cessationism. Uh, That's what the theologians call it. In other words, there has been a cessation of gifts. And they usually say, when the last apostle died, that's when it all stopped. When John the Beloved, when he finally died, no more miracles after that. But there's no there's no scriptures to back up that erroneous teaching. So Jesus is still healing today all over the world. Jesus is healing every single day. There are believers that are releasing their faith, and they're believing God, and people are getting healed all over the world every day. And it's not rare, it's quite common, and it's happening, it's happening all over the place. So you know, you've got to get that settled in your heart. So number one, if you want Jesus to do something wonderful for you, then your faith, your faith must begin where the will of God is known. So get into the will of God, get it which is the Word of God. And as you get into the Word of God, you you begin to see, hey, this is for me. This is for today. Hallelujah. I take it. I receive it by faith. Because, because even, even an inheritance, if you don't know about it, you can't, you can't, certain inheritances you can't receive. Let me give you an example. I was on the internet about two years ago, and I saw a news article that said that if you live in the state of North Carolina, money could be owed to you. And if you go to the government website and click on that link, it will show you every county in North Carolina. You can visit that county, you can type your name in, and it will show everybody in your town whom money is owed to from the state. So maybe Uh, maybe somebody maybe overpaid sometime and you didn't know it and so that that money is due back to you or just just all kinds of reasons thousands of reasons really of how money could be owed to you so they were basically saying the newspaper was saying hundreds of millions of dollars are owed to North Carolina residents and they don't know it and the state has tried to contact them you know but maybe the person's phone number no longer is any good and maybe the address has changed they moved to a different address so although the state has mailed them information. Hey, we're trying to get money to you. Uh, The person never got the information. Although the state called, and they have truly made multiple efforts on different fronts to try to let the the person know, hey, we're trying to get money to you. Uh, They just couldn't reach them because address change, phone number change, or whatever. So, so they put it in print and they put it on the website that if you go there and check, if you owe money, okay, give us your validation of your of your identity and we'll get the money to you. So I, I just thought, well, let me just pull my name up and see if there's anything there. And it pulled up my little town and it pulled up my name. Excuse me, it did not pull up my name, but it pulled up everybody in my town that money is owed to. So my name wasn't on the list. But but I saw all kinds of people on there that I knew. I mean, I, I saw probably at least 20 people, and some of the amounts were small, you know, like $50 or $75 or something like that. But I saw a minister on there that I knew that uh, there was the he had money owed to him, uh, one thousand three hundred dollars. And you know that's you know in some ways that's not like a gigantic amount or anything like that. But you know what, it's it, you know not nice blessing for a day just to get thirteen hundred dollars. So um, I just emailed them and said, hey, uh, did you know that the state owes you money? And I just sent them the link, and they sent, they sent me an email back, back back the the pastor and his wife saying. No, we had no idea. Thank you so much. And they received their $1,300 from the state, just cash sitting on the table and, you know, for all kinds of people, but they don't know. So if you don't know, if you don't know, then you can't receive it. So faith begins where the will of God is known. So Bartimaeus knew God's will was for him to be healed and he rose up and he got his miracle number two okay God does not move on your behalf because you have a big need but because you have big faith wow praise God now listen to that one again. Number 2. If you want Jesus to do something big for you, something wonderful for you, you have to understand that God does not move on your behalf because you have a big need. But he moves on your behalf because you have big faith. Pastor Stephen, can you prove that? Sure. Verse 51. Jesus said, "What do you want me to do for you?" So he's he's not really being moved by what the need is. And that's what the theologians and the scholars many times didn't understand and they'd have these sessions they'd sit down and they would talk and they would try to iron it out why would Jesus stand in front of a blind man have a blind man brought before him and Jesus say the most unusual thing Um, Bartimaeus what do you want me to do for you I mean everybody in the crowd was probably thinking well Jesus I mean can't you see he's blind ah but but hey he's not moved by that Jesus is not moved by the fact that you're blind. Jesus is not moved by the fact that your bills aren't paid. I'm I'm really touching a nerve on some of you right now because that's where you've been missing it at. Jesus is not moved by the fact that you're coming up short on money every week or perhaps every month. He's not moved by the fact that you've been sick for 10 years and you're still not healed. He's not moved by that. He's not moved by your need. Is He compassionate? Yes. Is He aware of it? Yes. But He's not moved by that. Well, Pastor Stephen, that doesn't sound like a very nice God. No, it's just that God is a faith God, and if you, want, if you want Him to be engaged in your life, you're going to have to use your faith. I can prove it to you. I can prove it to you that God's not moved by your need, okay? Every sinner in the world has a need, and you know what that need is? It's the greatest need in humanity. It's the need to be born again, it's the need to receive eternal life through the Lord Jesus Christ. Well Pastor Stephen if God knows that and if He knows that's the greatest need that people have then why doesn't God just meet that need? Because He didn't set the system up like that. If, if, if God went out and just said you know what I'm going to force every sinner to get saved right now I'm going to save them all then He would, he would violate free choice he would violate human will. And he's never, ever going to do that. And if people want to go to hell, as much as it grieves his heart, as much as he doesn't want that to happen, if that's what they want, he'll let them do that. So he's not moved by a need, even though he sees the greatest need of all, which is for people to be saved. Because if you're not saved, you're going to a place of eternal separation. You're going to a place that's called hell and uh, a lot of people joke about it Uh, it's not a joke it's real and it's hotter than anybody has ever imagined or has ever told you know these people out there that joke about it or use the word as a curse word it's a very real place and so you know what God knows that but you know people have to if if they want to if they want to get right with God they're going to have to receive the grace of God by faith you're saved by grace through faith. So you're going to have to release your faith and use it. Okay. So number two, God does not move on your behalf because you have a big need, but he moves on your behalf because you have big faith. Woo. That's why Jesus could have a totally blind man stand right in front of him and say, what, do you, what is it you want me to do for you? And you know, Bartimaeus could say, well, Lord, can't you see I'm blind? Jesus would say, yeah, I can see that. What, what is that to me? You know, <laughs> you know what, is that, what does that matter to me? You know, Oh, uh, Pastor Stephen, I just thought God's going to serve everything to me on a silver platter. It doesn't work like that. So, so here's why people lean towards that theology or wrong doctrine of, well, God will do it. No, He won't. Here's why people like that doctrine. You know why? It exempts them from any responsibility. Well, Pastor Stephen, when God's ready in His own good time, He'll do it. That's total baloney. You've been waiting forever, and obviously it hasn't happened, and you'll die waiting. It doesn't work like that. A sinner could sit back and say, well, Pastor Stephen, I guess, I, I guess that, you know, I, I tell you what, I have enjoyed your preaching. I believe it's true that, I, that, that there's a heaven and that's a hell. And any time that Jesus wants to save my soul, He's welcome to do it. Or you're, you're just going to die in your sins and go to hell, because Jesus, is not, he's not He's not going to work like that hallelujah hey if you want it receive it hallelujah by faith right now rise up hallelujah pastor Stephen. there's something I want God to do so much in my life about moves me the tears (laughs) (sighs) pastor Stephen, I'm just still waiting for him to do it and all the pleading and begging and bawling and squalling will not move God a bit it doesn't move him it doesn't move him. So you might as well stop doing all that stuff. It doesn't work. Some of you have gotten really good at trying. Pastor Stephen, I'm just gonna wear God out. I'm gonna ball and squall, then he does it doesn't. It'll never work like that. Mm. Now maybe your denomination thinks it works like that, or maybe some teacher or preacher has told you that works that it works like that, but it doesn't. Total baloney, it won't it will never work like that. Um, we see here that Jesus was not moved by the fact that Bartimaeus was blind that's why that's why he just said hey what do you want me to do for you it doesn't matter that he's blind that doesn't move Jesus at all doesn't matter if, if maybe a person's in a wheelchair doesn't matter if the person's sick or you know in certain condition that doesn't work like that God does not move on your behalf because you have a big need whether it's healing financial or whatever it might be but God moves on your behalf because you have big faith praise God mm-hmm Woo, hallelujah again. Again some people love that theology. God'll do it in his own good time. You know why they like that? Because it exempts them from having to use their faith and rise up and get into the word and believe God and exercise, you know, and you know, you know, it, it exempts them from all of that. They can just sit back and wait for until like God one day just decides that today's your day. You've won the heavenly lottery today. Now take it. You know, next thing they know they think they're healed. But obviously it doesn't work because there are so many people in the body of Christ that have unmet needs because they're waiting on God and they're not using their faith. Praise the Lord. Okay. All right. Pastor Stephen, I've got it. What's next? What's next? Mm. Number three, you are the one who determines your miracle by your faith in God and your faith in His Word. Now, really that's one. When I say faith in God, faith is actually saying faith in His Word. And if you have faith in His Word, you have faith in Him. Well, Pastor Stephen, I believe in God, but I don't really believe all those Bible stories. Well, then you you don't even have faith in God, because God and His Word cannot be separated. Do you ever notice God's really big on His Word? He's so big on it that in eternity past, Jesus was called the Word. Mm, Wow. And He wrote A bestseller all-time bestseller the Bible he's very very big on his word he takes it very seriously he doesn't play gimmicks he doesn't toy or play around with his word if you believe it it'll work for you if you doubt it then you're going to get exactly what you're believing when you doubt which is nothing hmm whoo praise the Lord We need to take His Word very seriously. You are the one who determines your miracle by your faith in God and in His Word. Pastor Stephen, can you prove that in the same story? Yes. Verse 52. Let's let's finish verse 51. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Verse 52. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately you received a sight and followed Jesus on the road. God's got the power. The Holy Spirit is now in the earth 24-7. And concerning the believer, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you permanently, full time. But you have to understand that here, Jesus walking in that mighty anointing, didn't say, didn't say to Bartimaeus, well, I'll tell you what, get ready because here it comes, and I'm the one that healed you. He didn't say that. He didn't say that because that power was there. But until Bartimaeus released his faith and connected with that power, there was no miracle. So Jesus says to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Your faith, your faith. So you're going to have to rise up with your faith and use your faith in a big God who has an unfailing word and who has a promise for you. And when you do that, you'll get those results that work every single time. So you're the one who determines your miracle by your faith in God and in His Word. And it is amazing in the Gospels how many people received a miracle and Jesus said, your faith has made you well your faith has made you whole. I mean it's just amazing. He said your, your faith, your faith is what connected with my power and there you have, there you have your miracle. Praise the Lord. So let's not put it all over on God. Let's do our part. God yes has the power but we have to connect with that power. Praise the Lord. I've got a lot of lights on in here. We have regular lights and then we have studio lights on top of that. But you know, all of these lights, until I flip that switch, they don't come on. See, the power is there, the anointing is there. But if I don't use my faith, and flip that switch we're just going to sit in the dark and uh, you know you could you could hear me through audio but you're not going to see me through video because the camera is going to be you know rolling in the dark so my friends we have to flip that switch of faith and when you do that you connect with the power of God praise the Lord thank you Jesus number four I like this one and I, I believe that there will be a group of you that are going to really connect with number four okay this is the final one when you want Jesus to do something special for you, you're going to have to learn to be specific in your request. And this is this is beautiful. Now watch this. Verse 51. So Jesus answered and said to him, "What do you want me to do for you?" Now that's not a trick question. That's not a gimmick. Jesus doesn't play with people or mess people around or mess with people's heads. When he says something like that, He's very serious and he has the power to back up what he's putting out there. So he said he said, "What do you want me to do for you?" The blind man said to him, "Rabboni, that I may receive my sight." Let me tell you something that's true and I've seen it. It's 100% true. Bartimaeus was blind and he said, "Rabboni, teacher, may I that, that I may receive my sight I want my sight if Bartimaeus for some reason perhaps due to weak faith perhaps due to maybe unbelief or whatever which he been if he would have been in a situation like that he never would have been standing there in the first place but let's just say in a different scenario that he wasn't sure and instead, but being a blind man, and Jesus would have said, "What is it that you want me to do for you?" And he would have said, "Jesus, I know I'm blind, but you know what? I, I really, I, I, I'm I've been blind for so long. I've learned to deal with it. But Jesus, you know, sitting out here, uh, day after day, has done a real number on my back, and I've got a lot of pain in my lower back. And I really, I just, I just believe that you can heal my back. Jesus would have healed this back." and he would have left blind. Bartimaeus would have left blind. You have to be specific with the Lord, and it can be possible that your miracle is delayed because you have never told the Lord what you want. Well, Pastor Stephen, doesn't God know? Well, God gives you choice, And when you are in a place to receive the miracle, don't ignore the elephant in the room. Well, Pastor Stephen, you know, I I know God's busy, and there's, you know, billions of people on the planet, and, you know, I don't want to pile my request in there and, you know, overload God. No, you're never going to overload God. It's not a matter of overloading God. God. God's got more than enough power, more than enough miracles. It's a matter of faith. And so when you're in a position like that, and that anointing is flowing, woo! and the Master is ready to grant the request, you need to ask God for what you really want. Praise the Lord. I, I would highly encourage you to get that, to get that in order before that moment of one-on-one encounter. I would encourage you to get that all sorted out. It's kind of like Elisha. The servant, the assistant, standing before the great prophet Elijah, and Elijah is about to leave, and he says to the servant, "He says, "What is it that you want me to do for you?" and that's not the time for Elijah to say, "Well, you know what that is an amazing request. I'm so honored that you've presented that request to me, man of God, um give me three days to pray and fast about it, and then I'll let you know. no, he doesn't have three days he's got." He's got maybe like just a couple of minutes before this man is separated from Him and taken up into Heaven. And so he's got to get that request in right then. And you know what? He already knew. He wanted that mantle, that prophetic uh, anointing, and he wanted double of the prophet's anointing that Elijah had walked in. Well, because he was specific and bold and strong in his faith, he asked for what he really wanted, and he got it. So if you could really have it why would you ask for second best? If you can really have it, why would you settle for something far below that? Woo, praise the Lord. Now, understand, I'm also not saying, you know, go, go crazy. You understand, sometimes young Christians, they go crazy. Pastor Stephen, I've been inspired by your teaching. I'm believing that within three days, God's going to make me a billionaire, You know don't go crazy don't go cuckoo okay now God can lift you up God will God will take you into very strong positions a great blessing a great anointing but but don't go crazy you know stay stay in that faith zone but when I'm saying that I'm saying that God can give you the best the best that he has for you in that place in that time of that season of your life and for Bartimaeus it it was time for the get it was time to get the full eyesight restored. Go from total blind to total seeing. Wow! And then join along with Jesus. Travel along with him and and just hear him preach and tell people what God did for you. Praise the Lord! But knowing that God can do it and God is able to do it, and your faith is—I mean, you're there. Just go ahead and believe God for that. For that, I'd call it the gold standard of what He wants to do for that time in that season of your life. Praise the Lord! So be specific in your request a lot of people waver back and forth but you really need to get settled because there does come that time for that anointing and there's an empowerment and the next thing you know you find yourself in that anointing and God's ready to back what you're believing well Pastor Stephen I didn't know he was going to show up I didn't know well that's why you've got to be working on your faith praise God and you need to walk close with the Lord so that you can know and ask the right thing. Praise God! If you ask the right thing, watch this. It not only will make you happy; it'll make it'll make God happy. Praise the Lord! It's all it's all tied into flowing with the Holy Spirit. There was a time when Israel, coming out of the time of the judges, having been ruled by judges, Israel as a as a nation, they began to sense. Uh, this thing that God wanted to do for for them as a king, but they still were not there yet. But oh, they they pushed it, and they they were premature. And they they told Samuel, they said, well, you know, we, we just, we want a king. And Samuel tried to explain to them, no, that's not God's plan right now for you to have a king. Let the Lord rule over you. Let him be your king. Oh, no, no, no. We want a king like the other nations around us, where they have a physical king, where we can see him, and touch him, and hear him, and stuff like that. And so, the Lord told Samuel look I'm going to, look Samuel it's not your fault you, you tried to t- teach them you tried to explain them to me uh, uh, excuse, excuse me explain to them you know my plan but they're, they're pushing ahead of my timing so I'm going to go ahead and give them a king and uh, he'll be a king that's very fitting for their heart condition and they got Saul and Saul uh, was very stubborn he was he was really rebellious the problem with Saul is that he was unteachable. And so you know it just never worked out so God's timing God's plan finally happened with David so there's there's the time so you don't want to push it but look when the anointing comes when you have the Elijah moment ask what is it that you want me to do for you then as Elisha you need to say hey this is what I want and when you're blind Bartimaeus, and you're standing before the Lord, and the moment is there, the anointing, the power is, is just flowing, full power, then just say, yeah, hey, Lord, I want to see. Woo! And look, the next thing you know, you'll be seeing. The next thing that you know is Elisha, you're walking around with a double portion. Woo-hoo! Woo! See, wisdom in asking. Wisdom in asking the right thing. Oh, it's, it's very, very important. You have to be specific, and that specific request has to be based in the wisdom of the Spirit, the time, the place where you're at right then. Oh, and it will fit like a glove. It will make you happy, and it will make God happy. And God will look down and see you as a son or daughter who's wise, knowing that He's pleased with you because not only did you ask in faith, you asked for the right thing, right time, right place, and it fits. It fits and everybody's happy the angels are happy heaven is happy you're happy and god's happy and you get it it, it just happens who it's not rocket science it's just working with these basic principles so i think it's one of the most amazing statements in the bible jesus said to bartimaeus now picture jesus saying this to you see jesus as being this type of a person that he would say something like this to you because he does he will picture Jesus saying this to you what do you want me to do for you oh oh Jesus I'm so shy Jesus yeah yeah just little Jesus just little old me you're too busy Jesus don't pay any attention to me I'll be okay Jesus I don't want to tie you up no don't do that stuff that's that's religion that's just religion religious silliness and really religious stupidity okay so when Jesus shows up And he will okay because these moments happen okay when Jesus shows up and he says to you now I'm not saying that he'll appear to you in person but that uh, that anointing comes the power of the spirit comes you'll have your moment you'll have your moment okay when you believe and you work the word trust me you're going to have your moment when Jesus shows up and he says what do you want me to do for you don't pander don't like oh I, I don't know no no you already know there's why you've been walking close to, with the Lord. You've been working on your faith. You have prayed. You've got it figured out. You know, now ask, 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 Woo! praise God. And the next thing you'll know it's happened. Praise the Lord. And, and you won't have to go to those endless places never-ending circular conferences where they leave the conference, and they still haven't figured out what verse 51 meant. Next year, brethren, we'll have another conference, and we'll discuss it again, and maybe finally. No, 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 no. You don't need to do all that stuff understand how God works. God is a faith God, and it's impossible to please God without faith. You're never going to please him without faith. So rise up, get in faith, take a hold of his word, believe it, work it, stand on it, praise him for it. And then those power moments of anointing, next thing you know, next thing you know, receive, and you've got it. You've got it. Hallelujah. Mm-mm. By the way, people are getting it all over the world. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah! Now, Father, we give you praise. There are mighty encounters coming for your people. Mighty, mighty encounters. Let 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 your people get it all sorted out. Let them get it sorted out. Thank you, Father God. Mm-mm. That they might ask the right thing. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, Father, thank you for the invaluable help of your Holy Spirit, the priceless help of your Holy Spirit, because your Holy Spirit will mentor us, coach us, help us to get it right. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, now this is what I got earlier today when I was praying about this message. Jesus said, ask, seek, knock. Some of you have asked, but you haven't asked enough. And some of you have sought but you haven't sought enough some of you have knocked and you think you knocked a lot no you, you just're just fiddling around you're just playing around you need to really knock and you really you need to you need, you need to knock on more than one door you, you think you've uh, you've tried so much and really in the eyes of heaven they're thinking wow that uh, he or she didn't really give it much of an effort no you, you need to give it an effort you need to ask and God's not saying no because maybe you're, you've been denied uh, or because it hasn't happened. You're not being denied. You just need to really pursue. Pursue the Lord. Ask, and it's going to be given to you. Seek, and you're going to find. But you may need to dig a little deeper. Praise God. Hallelujah. doesn't mean God's saying no. It just means you need to push harder. Ask. You're going to get it. Seek. You're going to find. And knock. The right door will open. Well, Pastor Stephen hasn't opened. Maybe you haven't knocked enough. Just keep, well, Pastor Stephen, They said no. Well, that's probably the wrong door, because God's not saying no. So keep knocking. Mm, 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 mm. There is a great element of being persistent, and when you when you're like that, it'll happen. That anointing will come, and then it'll flow. It'll be like warm butter. It'll be so smooth. Ooh, 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 ooh and you'll know it. Mm, you'll know that you're in that moment, mm, and God's backing you. Hallelujah! He's doing it for you. Mm, 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 mm. The next thing you know, you'll have a beautiful testimony, just like Bartimaeus. You'll join that happy band, walking around preaching all over all over Israel. Woo! Jesus probably said, "Now, Bartimaeus, uh, you get up now. You give your testimony. Mm. Tell them how you got healed. Hallelujah. Mm, mm. Tell them how you threw your garment off while you're still blind. Mm, mm. Tell them how you believe. Tell them how you're specific with your faith." Tell them how faith came when you heard about my ministry. Mm-mm. Woo! Hallelujah! You're going to have powerful, powerful testimonies. You're going to have a whole quiver of them. And there will be times the Holy Spirit will just have you pull out a quiver, pull out an arrow out of your quiver, and shoot it right into the hearts of people. And the next thing you know, they're like, praise God, if God did it for that brother or that sister, God going to do it for me too. And you know what? He will. And you're, you become what? You become a prophetic catalyst. Mm. You, you get touched with the revival anointing. Woo-hoo. glory to God I tell you what God can shoot arrows a long ways hallelujah I'm shooting arrows through the internet through television that are going all over the world right into the hearts piercing the hearts of people with faith praise God and yes God will do it for you God sure made me happy hallelujah I'm blessed hallelujah I'm I'm I'm, I'm going for more more in the glory hallelujah thank you Jesus expanding my tent pegs like Isaiah 54 stretching out wanting to reach more with the gospel praise the Lord there's so many that don't know but we're going to do a lot to help them to hear praise God Mm, 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 mm. thank you Jesus all right I, I want to pray for you lift up your hands Heavenly Father I release faith like Bartimaeus had, Father God, who got a miracle testimony. He received it right in front of a whole bunch of people. He got an on-the-spot miracle. Let it happen to your people also, Follow, Father, as they follow, as they follow these four simple principles in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen and amen. Now, somewhere on those four you need to polish up somewhere. So there's there's some of you. You really need to polish up on that area of specific faith. Mm. You you'd have if, if Jesus stood before you and said, What is it that you want me to do for you? You 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 would just I uh Jesus, I don't know. You'd be flushed with uh with uh, uh oh Jesus, I I just don't know. Mm. And then you know the anointing is not released. Look until you flip the switch. The power doesn't flow. The lights won't come on until you flip the switch. That anointing will not flow into your life with power, creating the miracle until you flip the switch of faith. And you certainly can't flip it if you don't know. <laughs> you can't. You can't flip. It's like fumbling the ball. Woo! <laughs> you, you know you gotta you gotta hang on to the ball. Praise God. It's all good stuff. It's all good stuff. All right, let's take some Holy Communion today. Mm, mm, mm. Please grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice. If you're watching today's program and you have never released your faith for salvation, it all begins there. Woo, and that's just the beginning. God doesn't save you just so that you can sit on the side, sit on the sideline while the game goes on. No, He'll pull you into the game so you can use your faith and see Him do great things in your life. He really wants to do miracles for you, but you're going to have to use your faith. Now, it all begins with salvation. If you've never released your faith to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, now is your time. Right now, pray this prayer with faith out loud after me. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Wash all of my sins away. Write my name in your book of life. Thank you, Jesus. I accept you as my Lord, as my King, and as my Savior right now. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. You feel the difference, don't you? All those dirty sins are gone. All of them. You've been born again. Praise God. Let's all take communion together. Father, we thank you for the bread, for the juice. We consecrate it. We set it apart as holy. This is now the flesh and the blood of our Lord and Savior. Thank you, Father. As we partake of the body of Jesus, we just thank you, Father God, that the principles of faith are very simple. So, Father, we just thank you for grace to apply them. Thank you, Father. Let us apply them. Apply them diligently. Father, we're going to do that. We thank you for great testimonies. Before the year is even out, We thank you for great testimonies. We give you praise. Thank you, Father. Today is this day of salvation. We're working on it today. We're believing for miracles today. Thank you, Father. We receive in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake together. Praise God. Just a little note to say thank you. For so many of you that do the little special things of, like Starbucks cards, Here's one from a precious a precious person. This is a dear lady from Georgia. Sent me a nice Starbucks card. Hallelujah. Amen. And this is just one example. I get I get these from many of you. You send them in. I want you to know I'm thankful I also want you to know I actually use them. Praise the Lord! Oh, Pastor Stephen, you probably get so many you could never drink them all down. You, you'd be surprised how much coffee I drink. <laughs> Maybe too much. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's all right. Coffee is good. Hallelujah! It's loaded with antioxidants. Praise God. <laughs> but thank you. It's so sweet. The the tithes and offerings that keep the ministry running so smoothly are are essential, and we are so thankful here at the ministry that. You guys out there and gals are some powerful givers. Hallelujah. But I just wanted to say also thank you for the cards. Thank you for the, the gift cards. Those things are also icing on the cake. And you know, what's a cake without icing? I just I'm just thankful. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. I I still have time. I, I read every card that we get. We, we get a lot of mail. I can't always cover all of the mail because we get so much mail. But I, I do uh, the cards they're, they're put on my desk. I read, I re- I read every card. Praise God. Well, Pastor Stephen, why do you read every card? Well, because there's not as many, and I can, I can read them. But if I, if I tried to actually read all mail and answer all mail, I, I, I wouldn't have any time to pray. I wouldn't have any time to study. I would literally be just, just typing all the time. But I get all the cards. I thank you for them. Many of the emails and many of the letters I also, I can, I can get to and uh, I'm very thankful for them. But I will let you know this, if you email us any prayer request, if you email us anything, our staff will see it, and we will pray for you, and we will bring it before the Lord in our prayer times. Every prayer request is very, very important and special to us. I just wanted to take a moment to say, thanks for the icing on the cake. Praise God. Makes life sweet. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father thank you for the blood of Jesus washing all of our sins away. Thank you Father making us clean where we can look up and look at at you face to face because you've made us righteous through the shed blood of Christ. So Father we give you praise that we are justified through the blood of Jesus. We're very happy about that and we receive that by faith gladly. Thank you Father God. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father God. We refuse any form of condemnation because we're clean in Christ through His beautiful shed blood. Thank you, Father God. Wash all of our sins away. Thank you, Father God. Thank you. We stand beneath the waterfall of the blood of Jesus. We thank you. We thank you, Father God, that we're clean and pure. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. I thank you, Father, that the blood of Jesus silences all of the accusations of the enemy. We thank you, Father God, that we plead the blood of Jesus against the enemy and all accusations. We thank you, Father God, we are found in Christ, in His name. Amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Isn't it amazing to know, refreshing to know, that God's not saying no to you? God's not blocking your miracle God wants you to have it he just wants you to work his system work his principles pastor Stephen what kind of a system is it it's a system of faith praise the Lord remember faith works by love walk in love always walk in forgiveness to people never hold bitterness resentment or unforgiveness towards anyone let it go let it go if you don't let it go it will clog up that flow of anointing remember faith works by love okay so you have to walk in love walk in forgiveness always have a sweet spirit a sweet heart have a happy heart praise the Lord and you'll see your faith as you work as you work the Word of God you'll see your faith pull in great miracles and you're here the Lord say to you this has happened because of your faith. You've received this because of your faith. You connect it with this mighty anointing because of your faith. Watch. It will work for you just as easily as it worked for blind Bartimaeus. So Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for watching. I'll see you back next time. Bye-bye.